Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're doing wonderful. Welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. I hope that your new year has been so wonderful so far. I hope it's been blessed. I hope you're excited about what this year has to offer because I am so excited for you. This year, we are talking about all things femininity, God-centered, love, marriage, character, all the things to build you up into becoming the woman that God created you to be. And I want to thank you so much for spending your time here on this podcast, letting you be part of your morning routines, whether you're doing your makeup, your daily run, making your coffee, or just relaxing and soaking in. I thank you for being here. I wanted to announce the theme for this year. Last year was an elegant year, and a lot of the content was to help you with your elegance, but this year is the year of the queen. This is a year that you're stepping into your queenship, being the queen over your life, the queen over your destiny, and the queen to your king. That is your king who you're dating, your king who you are married to, and most of all, the king of kings, King Jesus. You are stepping into your royal position and you are getting the crown put upon your head. You're taking upon your royal title as queen this year. And we're going to focus on all the aspects of you being a queen. There are so many responsibilities that queens have to uptake in order to truly be effective. It's not just about the glitz and the glamour, but it's a heavy title. But you are a queen, and so many of you don't quite realize that yet because you don't feel like one. And some of the reason for that is because you haven't truly taken upon your royal positions. Some of you are on your way there, and some of you are seated, but you haven't been crowned. This year, we are fully stepping into our queenship, and that's why I'm titling it The Year of the Queen. And as I talked to you about earlier, we're starting a new book about womanhood, about femininity, and about marriage, and this book is called Fascinating Womanhood, How the Ideal Woman Awakens a Man's Deepest Love and Tenderness. Whether or not you are in a relationship or you're married, this book has a strong focus on understanding men, on developing your character as a woman, on learning how to truly be a feminine woman. It was written, (laughs) I want to say in the 50s. It was written a while ago, so it's a little bit more direct in terms of the language, in terms of not having a whole bunch of fluff and caring about your feelings and things like that that we care a lot about now. It's very direct. And I think when it comes to change and really transformation, there is a level of honesty that's needed that sometimes all of the fluffiness and the cotton candy gummy bear talk doesn't reach people. A lot of times we are reached when things are just handed to us as it is, even if it hurts a little bit, it stings a little bit, it's usually what pushes us to actually take the next step and make a change. So that's actually why I like this book is because 
it's very matter of fact. And I appreciate that when it comes to self-development. And of course, when I say self-development, I don't mean you're doing it by yourself. This work that I do is accompanied by the work of the Lord. God is the one who speaks through me, who helps me to decide what I'm going to talk about because it has to be something that actually matters to you and relates to your life. You have the help of God when it comes to all of these things. You're not doing it by yourself. There is no self-help. That doesn't work. You cannot save yourself. Only God can save you. Only Jesus can save you. And you will definitely have to lean on him as you hear these things in this book. I received a message not too long ago from a beautiful woman who was telling me that she's always loved God and have been very close to God. But in that, she's also been sort of putting aside her desires for a husband. Even though she knows she wants one, she felt that her relationship with God was enough. But her desire for a husband still kept kind of like nudging at her. And it's totally normal and it's totally necessary for you to expand your desires and realize that, yes, Jesus is everything. And without him, everything means nothing. But it doesn't mean that you cannot desire to still be married, even if you're 45 or to still have a child or to still travel the world or start a business or do whatever it is that your heart truly desires. One doesn't trump the other. The Lord can change your desires. The Lord can mold your desires. But if you still have that desire nudging and nudging and nudging at you, you should not toss it away completely just because you feel like Jesus is enough. Okay, he wants you to enjoy this life and he wants you to have the things that your heart desires, but he wants you to go through him. And so with that being said, my love, we are going to talk today about the first chapter in this book. It's very short. And it's really just about awakening um, a man's desires. It's called Celestial Love. I don't know why she calls it that. Um, But I'm going to talk a little bit about what this chapter is talking about and how important it is when it comes to love and marriage. So I want you to go ahead and sit back, relax, get something warm and cozy to drink or get your water bottle if you're about to go on your run. And let's talk about this. Again, we're reading from the book Fascinating Womanhood by Helen Andelin, and this is the first chapter of the book, and it's talking about celestial love. She says in the book that this term refers to representing the highest kind of tender love a man feels for a woman 
or a woman feels for a man. It lifts love out of the mediocre and places it on a heavenly plane. It is the flowers rather than the weeds, the banquet rather than the crumbs. This is that love that we all desire. When we read romantic novels, when we watch movies, when we see a couple that's gotten married, we kind of imagine, oh, what this love must have been like, right? We we kind of have this idea in our minds of the perfect love story, the kind of love you want your husband or your fiance, your boyfriend to feel towards you. When we're dating someone, we're not expecting them to just kind of like us a little bit. We want the most intense, deep, rooted love. We want that man to live for us. <laughs> and, you know, sadly, some people even go to extremes like witchcraft and seeking tarot cards and all kinds of demonic things because they desire this kind of love so bad that they would rather this person be under a spell And even though they know it's not real, they want to just feel it so bad that they go through extreme measures that have extreme consequences. But that's not the case for you. We're going to learn how to awaken a man's deepest desires for you. And we see this sometimes with certain couples where we see the man is so in love with his wife and he is just head over heels for her. And you can tell by the way he speaks to her, by the way that he sacrifices for her by the way that he looks at her. I'm not sure if any of you ladies have actually experienced this kind of love. It is intense. It is beautiful, but it's not something that happens often. It is only cultivated with certain relationships where the woman is really on a pedestal, where the man really sees her as a gem. As a woman that he can't even believe that he has, he sees her as a true blessing in his life and he is devoted to her in the most intimate and intense way. And sometimes we will see this and we think that it's fake or it's not possible, but it is very possible for a man to feel like this about you. It's something I have witnessed plenty of times in my life. Not honestly, I'll be honest, it hasn't been on purpose. A lot of the times um, I did not know what I was doing and I would have lots of friends and family members asking me, how is it that I always end up with these men that are behaving like this? Like, because obviously after we break up, there's this intense, you know, um, reaction from them. And so I I would get this question a lot growing up, and I honestly did not know why. I couldn't tell them. I'm like, I really don't know. And it wasn't until I learned these things for what they are that I realized, oh my goodness, I was doing these things, or I was this kind of person. And I didn't realize how much of an impact it was having on men. She describes celestial love as not dutiful. Okay, so it's not like the man feels like he has to do this. There are some men who feel like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. I have to buy her some chocolate. I have to buy her some flowers. It's her birthday. I have to take her to dinner. Like, it's not a duty that they feel like they have to do. It's when a man spontaneously has this warm tenderness towards you, this willingness to just go above and beyond in every way he can, not because he thinks that you are a diva, you're a high value woman who only deserves diamonds and pearls, not because he looks at you like that, but because he genuinely 
wants to. There is such a big difference. And you can tell when you see the men, because there are some men who do buy their wives diamonds and pearls and cars and this and that. And you see it and you're like, hmm, interesting. He doesn't look like he loves her all that much, but hey, she has all this stuff, right? Because it's true. He feels it's his duty to buy her these nice things because she's this glamorous woman. But in his heart, he doesn't feel like he can't breathe without her. He doesn't feel this longing desire to always have her in his life. He's willing to divorce her in 10 years and find another younger woman who looks just like her (laughs) and do it all over again, right? There is a difference. And in the book, she talks about different people in history who have had this kind of love towards their women and they wrote like poems or manuscripts about her and how some of these men were like really hard men or they're men who seemed quite emotionless and when they wrote these things people couldn't even believe that they had the ability to talk in such a tender and soft way because they didn't seem like those kind of men. But these women awakened such an intense love inside of them that when it came to her, he was able to tap into a part of himself that no one ever saw. And that is absolutely beautiful. In the book, she talks about the person who built the Taj Mahal and how he built it for his wife and how in that time women were not even seen as like first class citizens for a man to be so in love with his wife to create this huge monument for her um, was one of the greatest things a man has ever done in terms of showing his love. And then she talks in the book about whether or not it's selfish. Do you think it's selfish to want to be loved with great tenderness and devotion? I know that there's a lot of content out there where people talk about women wanting this fairy tale relationship, this fairy tale romance. And I understand how frustrating that can be when you feel like it's not possible. But I have always been the kind of person that has had like this lifestyle of daydreaming. I have daydreamed since I was a little girl about the kind of romantic relationship I've always wanted. It's something that would consume me. I would daydream in class, at home. I would, I mean, every time I took a nap, I would focus on the life that I wanted. And it's like what I desired most. And I never had anyone tell me I couldn't have that because at the time, all this social media stuff wasn't there. So I didn't have people telling me, girl, you can't have that. And that's not for everyone. I had none of those negative messages. So I was able to live in this fairy tale that I had in my mind. And because of my relationship with God, because of the fact that I believed that God could bring it to me, even if I couldn't bring it to myself, because I'll be honest with you, I was not living a god a godly lifestyle at all with the things that you know god allowed me to have it was all grace it was all by his love i did not know all this stuff about being a certain kind of woman and how to deal with men i didn't know any of this stuff i really didn't and i definitely wasn't living right so it's not like oh you have to be perfect for god to bless you that's a lie but god knows who his daughters are he knows who is going to come to him at the end of the day Some people even say it's like a cash advance, like God is giving you this stuff now because he knows eventually you're going to come to him and it's all going to be for his glory. So I'm not saying just do whatever you want and think that, you know, it's all good. What I'm saying is that God sets the end from the beginning. So he knows that you are going to be 
his daughter at some point and he's going to bless you in advance. So I would be a hypocrite if I sat here and I told you, you can't have what you desire. If you have these dreams of having this romantic proposal and you having your husband fly you here and bring you flowers and chocolates and no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't expect that because that's not realistic. I would be a liar and God would be very upset with me because if he gave me something and I'm telling you, you can't have it, then I am a hypocrite. So I am not allowed to tell you you can't have it. (laughs) Maybe some other people can tell you you can't have it, but I'm never going to tell you you can't have it because it's a lie. It's a lie. You can have it. If you ask God for nothing, he may give you something just because he has his sovereign power and he has his grace. But if you ask him for something, then at least he has something to work with. Be bold and ask him and he will give you more than you ask for. I did not ask for the things that God gave me, but I just wanted something special, something wonderful, someone wonderful, someone great. I wanted these beautiful acts of love, but I didn't really know exactly what I wanted and I didn't really care. I just wanted to feel special. I wanted to be in my own romance novel. I wanted to experience that. And I did. As many of you know, my husband, he proposed to me in Paris, which is a place I'd always wanted to visit. And he flew me out to Paris. He proposed to me in a hot air balloon. He rented a hot air balloon for just the two of us, a huge balloon. And flying over Paris, flying over the Eiffel Tower, he proposed to me. And it was the most incredible proposal. And since then, and not necessarily material things, but in all the areas that I desired, He has been above and beyond what I could ever ask for in life. And that is a gift of God. It's something that came from how he feels about me and what was awakened within him in our relationship. And the Lord has allowed me to be able to see what those things are. And not just for him, but in in many men, there are specific things that women have to be aware of and to implement. And also, of course, choosing the right man. It's not every man who's going to do it because it's not in their character or it's not in their financial ability. But whatever it is you desire, we're all different. We all have different desires. Some of you just want a man who's going to sit there and paint with you and rock to some music with you and drink some spiced hot chocolate with you and just talk about your childhood and watch movies and snuggle together like that for you equals a hot air balloon in Paris. Like that's all you desire. And that's beautiful. It doesn't matter what it is. It's whatever you want. But I think the key is finding a man whose deepest desire is truly to please you, to love you, to give to you, to connect with you, to meet you where you want to be met in all areas of your life. And the question is, do you believe that you deserve that? Do you feel like it's selfish for you to desire such a man, desire such a romance, desire a happy ending, desire a beautiful love story? Do you feel like it's selfish?
Ladies, before we continue, I want to share my fragrance line with you, Fine Forever. Fine Forever is a fragrance line with a promise. It is a blessed luxury fragrance line that promotes the promises of God. Each fragrance is tied to a biblical scripture to remind you that with God, you will be fine forever. We launched our first fragrance, 2911, after the scripture, Jeremiah 2911, which talks about the plans God has for your life. This fragrance is rich, deep, mysterious, and feminine. It will surely turn heads and become a signature scent for you. We also have our Faith Collection, which introduces two beautiful fragrances that are unique and memorable. Silent Storm and Mustard Seed. Mustard Seed is a fresh, delicate, and bright aquatic floral fragrance, and it's reminiscent of a warm beach on a tropical sea. Silent Storm is a decadent gourmand fragrance that portrays youthful femininity. Silent Storm is rich, smooth, and refined. Visit the website www.fineforever.com you can use the code Dr. Daff for 20% off of your fragrance. Thank you so much for your love, your kindness, and your support. Now, back to our episode. And I really want you to think about that. Like when we talk about this kind of stuff, when you hear me talking about this sort of Cinderella, Walt Disney love story, do you feel like you deserve it? Do you think that it's wrong for you to have a man feel like this about you? Treat you like this? Be head over heels over you like this? Do you feel like it's something that you deserve? Your husband's love for you will be a source of great joy for him. And he will be more of a man because of it. It will provide him with greater incentive to succeed in life, giving him something to work for, to live for, and if necessary, to die for. Awakening your husband's love helps him find greater happiness and fulfillment. When you don't, you rob him of one of his finer joys. And benefits come to you also. Your husband's love will be the center of your happiness. You can more adequately devote yourself to your family and affairs of your household. Love will improve your health and your emotions. It will make you blossom and feel queenly. Love and marriage is the most important element in its success. And a happy marriage is the foundation of a successful family. There is no way a man and a woman can create a truly successful home without a happy marriage based on a true and abiding love for each other. Love then becomes not only the fulfillment of a desire, but a responsibility. When the marriage is happy, we have happy children who can develop normally and be prepared for the life ahead of them. The happy home becomes a worthy contribution to the well-being of society, bringing peace to the world rather than the discord that arises from the lack of love. So having a healthy love, a healthy marriage, a healthy home influences your husband. It helps him to be more excited about life, to work harder, to create more, to give to his children. 
And it allows your children to also blossom and bloom and be well-managed mentally, emotionally. It impacts your children. And when you have healthy, happy children, they will go into society creating a better world. And so love in the foundation of marriage is one of the most important things. And you can help so much with that by the way that you present in the home and the way that you invoke the love out of your husband, pouring it back into you and creating this cycle of love for humanity. Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, this sounds really good. And I think this could be possible, but my husband is just not that guy. Or my boyfriend is just not that guy. Like he does not have the willingness to do these things for me. And he has his own issues that make it really hard for me to be the woman that, you know, brings this out of him. And so in the book, she says, well, that might be true, but... In the book, she's saying that she's going to be helping us by giving us practical ways that we can understand and appreciate him for the man that he is and see his finer side. Because I know some of you ladies really struggle with that, being able to see the good parts of the person that you're with because the bad parts are so loud and you're so dissatisfied. And as women, we just want everything to be perfect. Like we just want things to be good. And sometimes it's really hard to enjoy what we have because all we see is what's negative. All we are reminded of how we're constantly in this mode of wanting to just eradicate, just pluck out that bad part of him or that bad part of the relationship so it can be good. But the reality is there's always going to be something that may not be up to your level of satisfaction. And when you're really able to love and show gratitude and appreciation and enjoy the life that you have, it comes from a form of you being able to realize what is, and even though it's that way, still decide to have joy, still decide to see the good part of it, still decide to be positive, still decide to not fall into a pit of despair. It takes power and control on your end, but it's something that you can practice and you can start developing in yourself and you will be a much more joyful person. So she's going to help for you to see his finer side and learn to love him more. She says that you will also be a better woman with a more loving nature and have the capacity to love him more. Love is the greatest of them all. Okay, love is what drives every single thing in this world. According to Jesus, love is the most important thing that anyone can have. It is stronger than anything. And so your capacity for love may be something that has to be built. Maybe you just don't have what it takes in you. And that's something that can be developed. So if you feel like you're a loveless person or you're hard to love or you have a hard time expressing your love, a hard time showing love, a hard time accepting love, then I hope that this book also helps you with that. And she says that it can help him gain more confidence and respect in himself and create a happier marriage and family life. And he will have more incentive to make something worthwhile of his life. He will become a better man one that you can love more easily and more completely. So in the next chapter, she is going to talk about what the ideal woman is for a man. 
and how you can learn to become the ideal woman. Now, you might be thinking, oh, here we go again. I don't want to have to become something I'm not. I don't want to have to be this kind of thing for a certain man. But this is actually really important for those of you who actually have never been taught this information. I always say it's one thing when you know something and you decide, okay, well, it's not for me. But it's another thing when you actually don't know you are ignorant and you say, this is not for me. You don't even know what you're missing. This is valuable information if you are a woman who wants to be in a relationship with a man. If you are not interested in dating or ever getting married, then fine. You can say you don't want to hear anything about this. But if you are, then it is wise for you to be open to learning. It's all about being educated. Even if you choose not to follow it, it is important to actually know what does an ideal woman look like? What do men actually like? What do they want? What do they desire? And maybe you're not far from it, but you didn't know. You didn't know this meant more than that. And you've been putting so much effort into this area and not enough effort into that area. A little tweak could make all the difference in your life. And I know that it hurts sometimes when you feel like you're so far from what the ideal woman is, but you can get there. You're far from a lot of things. We all are. That's why life is the way it is. You're constantly gradually growing towards a goal. When you were first born, you didn't know how to talk. (laughs) You didn't know how to walk. Definitely didn't know how to run. And you had to learn those things in stages with time. As a baby, you weren't thinking, oh, I'm never going to learn how to run. No, you knew that it was going to happen and you were going to try to get there as fast as you could. So that's the same thing with everything in your life. You are learning how to be that woman. So in talking about how I had this whole like obsession with love and romance and always daydreaming and always wanting this beautiful love story and all of that, I did start to realize as I got older that I was so into it for the thrill. And I got into a habit in my earlier years in college of like dating men just for that romantic rush and then quickly just losing interest. I'm always like researching. I've been like that since I was a little girl. Like I was always just trying new things just to figure out like what makes people tick. That's what I focused on in college actually. I majored in sociology because I was always so interested in what makes people tick as individuals and as a group. And so I would do this with men. Like I would date men and they would fall in love with me and after that like excitement of getting to know them wore off, I was done with it. And that was actually not a good thing. And it definitely did cause me a lot of problems. I was recently watching the movie Carmen Jones. I don't know if you've ever watched that movie, but it's one of my favorite movies. I don't like all the singing because I'm not, 
I don't want to hear a bunch of thinking. But I like older films more than I like current films. I'm one of those people who really doesn't watch television or movies, but I do love watching old Hollywood movies because I just feel like the pace of them is just a lot easier for me and I connect more with real feminine women and I feel like women were just much more feminine in like the 50s and the 40s and the 60s rather than now. I also like movies that were made in the 90s. Some of them are really, really nice, but the more current movies, not so much. Carmen Jones is a movie that Dorothy Dandridge starred in, and it's one of my favorite movies because how she acted in that movie and the way she moved and just the way she carried herself was just so familiar for me. However, in that movie, she was what people would call a man-eater, which I was never a man-eater, but I definitely did carry some of those characteristics. But she used men for like her personal gain and the way that she drew them in and was so intense about it and just released them actually became very dangerous for her. And if you've watched that movie, you know what happened at the end. I think I'm going to do a segment just on Carmen Jones because it's actually like such a good movie to talk about a lot of different concepts. So I definitely don't want you to get into a point where you're learning these things and you're growing into your femininity, you're understanding men, but then you start manipulating men or not being careful about how you're impacting these men. Um, Obviously, that situation with Carmen was pretty extreme, but still, you can hurt people's feelings. You can get people into a state of obsession over you. And as exciting as that sounds in terms of being dramatic, it's actually a really awful thing. And it does not lend well to your life and how it'll affect you in your life. So I will tell you that as much as I, again, was so obsessed with this idea of love and romance and that kind of thing, once it was revealed to me from God that like, I'm actually not obsessed with what I think I'm obsessed with. I just like the thrill. I like the idea of it. I really just love being a woman. I love femininity. I love just enjoying my womanhood and just sprinkling it around people and allowing them to, you know, take part in that. But one thing that stood out to me is that when I did get into relationships with men that I was really in love with, which did not happen very often, where I found someone where I was actually truly um, emotionally connected to them. It didn't happen very often, but when it did, it was extremely intense. And that's when I really saw the dynamic of how important it is for you also as a woman to be just as in love with him. And, you know, a lot of these like gurus and coaches and stuff will talk a lot about like how to get him and how to entice him and how to draw him in. But are you even into him at all? Do you actually like him? Do you actually feel that deep sense of connection to him. I do remember being in New York City and I used to travel a lot by myself. I loved doing that, going to different states and exploring them, staying at like fancy hotels. And if you are someone who has followed me for a very long time, then you also remember this. I went to New York and I was looking for a ring because I love rings. I went to Tiffany in New York City on Fifth Avenue and I was looking for a ring for myself. I was going to buy myself a diamond ring and I found one. I loved it. I bought it. And as I was getting ready to leave, this very handsome man approaches me and he's like, excuse me, um, I just want to know if you can help me out. 
I'm about to propose to my girlfriend and I want to make sure that I pick the right ring for her. Here I am, single, wanting marriage, desiring it so bad. I'm in a store buying myself a ring and this very attractive, well-to-do man (laughs) is seeking me out. I felt awful. Like, I just felt like, what the heck is this? Like, this really sucks. And um, he asked if I could just model the rings for him. He's like, you know, you have really beautiful hands. You're a beautiful woman. I just want to see, like, what these rings look like on you. So, again, I was feeling really horrible. But I said, sure, no problem. And I modeled all these different rings for him. And he finally found the one that he loved. And it was this huge diamond ring. And it was like, I don't know, maybe $30,000. And he gave them his card and he's like, okay, this is the one. So he's like, okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I said, no problem. I was about to leave. And then he stops me and he's like, look, I really want to take you out to dinner. Uh, What are you doing tonight? Do you mind like me picking you up and taking you out? And I was like, uh, what? Aren't you buying a ring for your girlfriend right now? Why are you seeking out another woman? And that encounter just made me realize how ridiculous it was for me to be sitting there imagining all these things when this man, even though he's buying her this expensive ring and is proposing to her and professing his love, he's still seeking out other beautiful women to have a good time with. That's not the kind of man I would want. And of course, I didn't go, but it really helped shift for me in my mind this idea of like, fake romance. You know, I really desired the real thing where I was with someone who was trustworthy, who was truly in love with me, who I did not feel like I manipulated into a relationship, a marriage, uh, anything. (laughs) And um, I was willing to wait for that, however long it took. And through that waiting period, the Lord really changed my heart to stop becoming so obsessed with all that kind of thing. And he really did. I got to a point where I didn't care anymore. I I wanted it, but I was not in any way obsessed over it. I wasn't dreaming about it anymore. I wasn't conjuring up situations in my mind. I was just living my life and enjoying each day. And then when it did happen, as I talked about um, in Paris, it was truly a surprise to me. It was truly the best day of my life. And I know God allowed it to go down the way it did because of my history in this whole realm, you know, and that's also why I believe the Lord is asking me to share a lot of this information with you that I was using (laughs) to play games with for you to actually use it for the betterment of your life in your dating situations and in your marriages. But if you want this, I do want you to continue to pray and to seek and to ask God for whatever it is that your heart desires because he can.
If you do desire these things, then talk to your Father God. Talk to God about the dreams that you have for your life, the visions that you have for your life, what you see for yourself, what you desire for yourself. Let God mold your desires into his desires. And if they're not molding, they're only getting stronger. And you're believing that God is putting these desires in your heart to drive you to the will that he has for your life, then stay on it. Continue praying, continue seeking, continue knocking. Like the parable in the Bible of the judge, where the woman kept coming to the judge and asking for the same thing over and over and over. And even though the judge was so mean, he didn't fear God and he didn't fear man. He granted her request because she kept on coming. And Jesus told us that story as a reflection for him, that he is God. He's not mean. He loves you. And he wants you to keep on knocking, keep on seeking, keep on asking. You want to get married? Keep on asking and be open to God showing you what needs to change about you and your character and your desires and what you find attractive and the lifestyle you live and your relationship with him. What needs to change so that this new addition can come into your life without destroying you? This is in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, where Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So read that for yourself. Read that parable, pray about it, and keep on praying. I know it's hard when you're praying for something over and over and you feel like you're not getting what you want. You're not getting a breakthrough, but trust God. Release your faith. Know that he loves you. And he wants you to be happy. He'll never do anything for you, even if you want it, if it's going to harm you. But he will help you to feel at peace with whatever it is that he is doing in your life right now. These things will not just help your relationship with your husband, but it'll help you overall as a woman to be the woman that God has called you to be. And we live in a world that does not value womanhood, does not value us being true to our nature. And that's why so many of us are sick, are depressed, are confused, because we have been told that certain things are okay. Just be you. Just do that. Just do whatever you feel. Be like a guy. All these messages have messed us up. But when you start going back, when you start taking a step back and going back to the woman that God has created you to be, you will find more peace. You will find more joy you will find more happiness because it's more aligned with your true nature. And if you are married or if you're in a relationship and you're really hoping that he's going to propose to you, this book is gold because it's really going to help you to focus on the characteristics that will make a man say, that's my wife. I thank you so much for spending your time here with me today. I thank you for being a part of my community on the Dr. Daft Show. I'm so grateful for your support and I'm so thankful that God has brought you here to learn and unlearn and relearn. I'm so excited about you stepping into your royal position, taking your seat as queen in your life, in your relationships, in your relationship with God. So until next time, my love, in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.